Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, Arvidsson's got a chance at a breakaway. Coming down and he scores. Victor Arvidsson on a breakaway. On the club hand side of Murray, and it is now 3-1 Nashville. We believe in the group that we have. Uh, they have shown all kinds of evidence that they respond the right way to the adversity that, that we've been faced with all year long. And, uh, and we believe that we'll do, it, we'll do it once again. And so, you know, we're, we're going to learn from the experience that we had last night. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put it behind us, and then we'll get ready for Game 5. And I know our guys are excited to play. We're at a point in the season where you sink or swim, and, and guys have to step up. Colton's got to step up. Callie's got to step up. Yarny's got to step up. Freddie Goudreau jumps in. He has to step up. If he doesn't, then it makes it difficult to move forward. In the air, center field. It's deep. It's back. It's back. Goodbye, home run. Jonathan Scope in the bottom of the ninth inning has tied the ball game up at five. His second home run of the game. Liner to right field. Genius, the first red ever. With four home runs in a game. Unbelievable. Can you believe it? It's kind of surreal right now, uh, but to be able to do it at home in front of uh, in front of family and, and friends and, and um, just being born in Cincinnati, it's just uh, very, very surreal. Uh, but it was, it was a great night, man. I really enjoyed it. Curry far side. Puts it to Draymond. Draymond backdoor Durant. Look out! Right hand slam. Got backdoor on LeBron James, and then the hammer slam makes it 125 to 104. It's time for Saverin on Sports. Over the last nearly two seasons, the Penguins have proven time and time and time again that they are tough enough, mentally tough enough, physically tough enough, but mentally tough enough is what wins you cups as much as your physical abilities. Now they are being tested again. They've been tested many times in this playoffs. They have responded not every time, but every time when it matters most. They're at that juncture again. A week ago, we were talking, and I'm as guilty as anyone, although I said at the time, this tends to be premature. We were talking about, well, who would win the Con Smythe Trophy? One minor detail. Last I checked, probably a good thing if you win the Cup first, then worry about that second. So after four games, we're back where we started. Only now a best of seven has turned into a best of three. You've seen these Penguins respond, but as we discussed yesterday, they do look awfully tired, played a lot of hockey. So the question becomes, 
plain and simple. How confident are you that the Penguins will prevail and win the Cup? Or not? Why or why not? Is it tangible due to their physical skills? Or is it an intangible, meaning fatigue? Just not able to get there. Bob Grove will weigh in with his thoughts at 1 o'clock. One thing to keep in mind when you factor all this in is that it has been a home ice series and maybe even a bigger issue when we talked about, well, who should start and go for the Penguins? What about Pecorine on Pittsburgh ice? He hadn't been good against the Penguins before in his career, but he certainly, even though he had a good performance in Game 3 and a great performance in Game 4, he and the Preds still have to prove they can do it on Pittsburgh ice, as the Penguins do or will in Game 6 on Nashville ice. How important is that when you weigh in Rene not playing well in Pittsburgh? Not just this series, but virtually any point in his career. And since we're talking about championship series, this may not be good for your heart rate for the Penguins to be tied at 2-2 after winning the first two. But is this tied Stanley Cup final better than what the NBA is presenting with Golden State looking like, up to this point anyway, dominating the finals over Cleveland? That could change tonight. But is this a better show? Even if fewer people watch it. The Pirates are not going to be in position to win games all that often. And when they do, they need to be reliable. Tony Watson is anything but. Another blown save last night. Another home run given up. And in conjunction with that, Felipe Rivera once again was outstanding. As he has been all year. How long before Clint Hurdle makes the move. Talk about that and some hockey with Rob King today at 12.30. And at 1.30, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin makes a rare appearance. He usually comes on once a year. About this time, he's got a special event that he has been involved with, really, since he got here. It's called Man Up. We'll explain that. Mike Tomlin will join us today at 1.30. And he's uh, become an avid Penguin fan. We'll see. Maybe he's got some thoughts on the Pens as well as the Steelers in his event. Got a trivia question for you today. It involves Major League Baseball. That'll be coming up at 1 o'clock shortly before. Consider the topics I've asked you about today. 412-922-2874. Pound 970 on your cell. You can email stansaverin at iheartmedia.com. You can post on Facebook. Saverin on sports, or you can tweet at Stan Love the Show. A couple of items. The Penguins began practice eh, a little bit less than an hour ago out at the Lemieux Complex in Cranberry. No Nick Benino, although he was there, not on the ice. No Patrick Hornquist. I think it's pretty clear Hornquist is not. 100% healthy. So here are the line combos, but again, we you know, we don't know 
if one or both of those guys are back in line, this will all change. But the top line had Crosby with Gensel and Sheary, Sheary on the right wing. Malkin in between Scott Wilson, who was a healthy scratch game four, and Kessel on the right wing. The third line, Cullen, Kunitz, and Rust. I'm glad they dropped Rust. I told you yesterday, Rust had a bad game, game four, and if he expects to skate with Sid, you got to play better than that. The fourth line was Rowney in the middle with Haglin and Josh Archibald. Again, Haglin started skating with Malkin and Kessel. Haglin does what he does, but he's not going to he's not going to score much, but he can create things. Um, interesting combination. Now, again, if Benino comes back, uh, I would imagine, let's say he does, uh, that he would be back centering the third line. Cullen drops to the fourth line. That would move Rowney over to four, and Archibald would be out. Uh, Hornquist, we'll see. Again, as far as starting goaltenders are concerned, Matt Murray was asked if he knew which goalie would start tomorrow night. His response, quote, even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you. So that's the latest from practice today. No Benino, no Hornquist. Those are the line combos. And nothing yet about any possible change on defense. Meaning Chad Ruedel. We'll keep you posted. Mike Sullivan will be addressing the media, and we'll get some thoughts uh, on that. When we look ahead to Game 5, you always look to me, the team with the momentum, but how much do you factor in the home ice issue? It has been an issue. The home teams have averaged 4.5 goals per game. That's going to be good enough. Penguins scored nine in their first two games at PPG Paints. Nashville scored nine in the last two games at Bridgestone. Now, there have been some empty netters thrown in there, but clearly the home teams have had an advantage. Is that enough to then suggest, well, don't worry about anything? I mean, at some point, that could easily break. I think if you asked fans, even Nashville fans, who they thought the better team was, I think most people in Pittsburgh would say the Penguins. I think a lot of people in Nashville would say the Penguins as well. But it's not always the best team. It's the team that's playing the best. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And in Nashville's two wins, let's put it this way. Nashville's two wins over the Penguins were more decisive than the Penguins' two wins over Nashville in Pittsburgh. 
that a fair comment? Now, we all know what has to happen. If the Penguins play at their best, they're going to win. We haven't seen that. And let's give full credit to Nashville. I mean, (laughs) there's a reason for that. The Penguins don't live and play in a vacuum. They just don't go out and skate and have a skeleton scrimmage. There are reasons. And part of that is the way Nationals played against them. Styles make the match and all that kind of thing. But the Penguins have not reached their potential. The question is, has Nashville reached theirs, and will that be good enough? My confidence in their ability to win the Cup certainly is different than it was a week ago when we were talking about well, you know, should Gensel be in there with Malkin for the Conn Smythe? And I admit, I, in fact, I even prefaced those remarks when it's probably too early to do this. You always get into trouble. Well, they're in some trouble. I mean, I, I don't think that that is disregarding their abilities or what they've done in the past. I do think it's fair to say that the Penguins are in some trouble. But winning a cup is fraught. with potholes. It's fraught with adversity. That's the way it is. That's the way it works. I still believe they're going to win the cup. Not as certain as I once was. Not only based on what we saw in games one and two, but just based on what I've seen from this team in the past. And so the question basically is, how much do you rely on that past. They've been so good in the past, the past two years. But some of those things, some of the foundation of that belief has cracked a little bit. Matt Murray never losing a game following a loss in the playoffs, never losing back-to-back game. Penguins still very good after a loss, but... They did lose two in a row. They've lost two in a row twice during these playoffs. You can't always rely on what happened in the past. I mean, you can build your opinion and your faith in them on that, but that in and of itself is not enough. If you want to say that you know, you're the team with the high-skilled pedigree and game breakers, uh, that's true. But it doesn't matter now unless you do it. John says, I'm very confident the Penguins will win Game 5 in the Series in 7. This team has overcome adversity all year, including the playoffs. Most teams do. The Penguins certainly have. Stevie tweets, still confident. I feel the Stars are about ready to break out. Just got to hope Pecorino comes back down to earth after his Game 4 performance. And that's one of the issues there, isn't it? As I said, and I'll repeat ad nauseum, I apologize for the repetitious nature of that. The thing I worried about in Game 3 was not Nashville winning a game. If they had to win a game, I'd rather have them win Game 4 with a comfortable 3-1 lead. But I worried about Rene getting his confidence back, and I don't know if his teammates' confidence wavered in him at all. 
I thought it was foolish any conversation about lifting Rene without giving a chance to redeem himself on home ice, which he did. I think he had a great game in game three, but he certainly did in game four. And so the combination, the sequencing of that, makes me believe that my initial concern about him getting back in a groove has proven to be correct. How much are you supposed to go back and knowing what you know about this Penguins group, I don't want to hear about 2009 or 2008 or 1991. doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. This team, this is largely the same team as last year. Some differences. You know, initially it was just Ben Lovejoy, but now Gensel wasn't a factor. Carter Rowney wasn't a factor. Scott Wilson wasn't a factor. Last year, Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't a factor. Ron Hainsey. There are some different elements of this team. Now, newer players kind of get absorbed in the culture. And no matter what happens in the series, you would never doubt the Penguins' character, their will to win. And that's important, but it's not enough. So I'll ask again, how confident are you that they're going to win the Cup? Confidence has to be shaken a little bit, doesn't it? Maybe not. And is the big question remaining not only what the Penguins do, they do have to play better. They have to play better for more than three minutes every 20. But what about Rene? Played great in game four at home. And again, that home ice thing with Nashville, I don't think it intimidates the Penguins. I think it comes down to what it does for the Predators. More talk about this. We'll get some baseball talk in. How can Clint Hurdle not make a switch with closers? How can he not? I think there are a couple of reasons why not. I don't like either one of the reasons, but I'm guessing that's what the thought process will be. Rob King will join us today, Bob Grove at 1 o'clock, and Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin today at 1.30 plus. If you're a Penguin fan, you're probably kind of nervous and, you know, your digestive system might object. But isn't this better than what the NBA thus far will see, but what appears to be a blowout finals? What's your thoughts on that today on Savern on Sports? We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Stan never lets anyone outside the family know what he's thinking, so you must be family. A man that doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Saverin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh, on 970 AM and 106.3 FM.
A couple of things, ancillary issues surrounding this. Darren Drager, alleged hockey expert from TSN, and I've met Darren, an okay guy. Yeah, but I think sometimes people are uh, – he, he tweeted out yesterday, and Mike Sullivan put that down immediately. Uh, Drager put out that there's a slight chance that, that Chris Letang could, you know, be back this series. Why? Because he was up on skates. He was up on skates this morning out in Cranberry, just skating in a sweatsuit. But you remember when either before game one or game two in Pittsburgh, Letang was interviewed. He was before the national media there at PPG Paints Arena. They had a little press conference. And he said that in the next week or two, I hope to get clearance to get back up on skates. Not that he was going to be practicing or put on a helmet or put on his gear or anything like that. He said that he'd be back up on skates. But then... When he does get back up on skates and he's seen, oh, he might be. He told us he was going to be back up on skates. That's number one. Number two, I retweeted it so it's there for you. There is an article by somebody named Fleming from ESPN, put out a thing where Crosby and Malkin have to win this cup to protect their legacies. Uh, The fact that they have already won each two cups, and each has Conn Smythe, and all the rest of it, that apparently is not enough. Now, keep in mind that, of course, ESPN fired virtually every hockey writer they had, and good ones, too, in Scott Burnside and Pierre Lebrun and Craig Kustens, who used to write for the Sporting News, then went to ESPN. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. He's leaving too. He's gone as well. Now it comes out, thanks to Penn's blog, that the article written under the nom de plume of this David Fleming character was actually written by none other than Stephen A. Smith, noted hockey aficionado and expert about Crosby and Malkin. And so my response to that is, yes, 
Crosby and Malkin need to win this cup to protect their legacy because, as I wrote, ESPN is so dedicated to hockey coverage, they must know what they're talking about. Who could absolute, who could deny? Who could deny ESPN's expertise in hockey since they do such a bang-up job of covering it? And then I put in hashtag ignorance is bliss. Consider the source. Enough said. Rob King is set to join us. Talk some baseball and hockey. Doesn't Clint Hurdle have to make a move with Tony Watson and Felipe Rivero? I can think of a couple reasons why he may not. Neither is satisfactory. I want to get Rob's thoughts on where the Penguins are at. Bob Grove will be talking Penguin hockey at 1. And Mike Tomlin joining us today at 1.30 on a variety of topics, of course, including the Steelers and OTAs. Thanks for joining me today on Savern on Sports. Get up and join 970 Saturday mornings at 9 for Penn's Week. Oh, Michael, Michael Motorcycle. It's an inside look at the Pittsburgh Penguins that takes you behind the scenes and gives you the inside story on the Penguins. Listen, we got a good hockey team here, and, you know, we, we have people that we know we can win with. It's Penn's Week Saturday mornings at 9. Oh, I just want to see it still running sideways in Sausalito. Exclusively on your home of the Penguins, ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 a.m. and now at 106.3 FM. The gun had better be planted, otherwise Stan's just going to have his you-know-what in his hands. Say hello to my little friend. Saverin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh on 970 AM and 106.3 FM. You know what, we think about a lot of things, and that's a, that's a discussion I'd have internally when it's time to have it. Um... I think we've talked at length since Felipe got here. There's one day he'll close. You know, he shows you that stuff. The stuff tonight was electric as well. Clint Hurdle talking about last night's uh, disappointing, backbreaking loss. Uh, Tony Watson again failing uh, to get the job done. Fourth blown save. That's an awful lot. We're joined now by Rob King. Uh, Rob, I want to get to that momentarily, but I, I want to begin um, since we're talking. A lot of Penguins hockey. Um, where do you think they are? Are they in trouble? Are they in big trouble? Some trouble? Uh, and I've asked folks today, do you still have confidence that they're going to win this cup? Well, they're definitely in some trouble. I mean, um, you know, you look at this series, it, it, it's been such a different run, Dan, to me, than last year, in which last year I thought they outplayed their opponents um, a lot, you know, and especially down the stretch, I just thought they were an overwhelming force. This year, um, they're winning, but they're being outshot a ton. Um, they're, you know, it, it's a very different feel than last year's Cup. And this national team, we talked about it before the series began, Stan. Um, anytime a team gets to this point, they've got belief. And it, a team that's got belief is a dangerous team. <clears throat> you know, I, I, and I don't think the Penguins did enough in game the first two games even in winning to rob them of that belief, to remind them that they're a 16 seed. They're certainly not playing like a 16 seed. They're, they're playing like a very formidable, dangerous opponent. So, yeah, they're in some trouble. I mean, it's 2-2, and um, I, I mean, I think, you know, as much as a game, you know, 
you talk about Game Five being must buy, uh, must win, but then you know what happens now if Nashville goes home and they've got a chance to close it out, so they get a little tight. So um, it, it's not must win until you have to win. But Game Game Five is awfully, awfully important, and um, you know, yeah, I think they're in some danger for sure. Yeah, how much of that do you attribute? Uh, Carrie Ann says uh, she says I'm not confident they look tired. Fred adds 200 plus games of the last two years, not counting the Olympics, the World Cup. Uh, and Carrie says, I think that's exactly why repeats aren't common. I think it's a major factor. Uh, how much of this, as you look at, especially on the blue line, do you think is because of fatigue? Do they look tired to you? Uh, that's a good question. It's hard for me to say because, you know, in saying that, I feel like um, you're taking a little bit of a shot than at Nashville in the way that they played. And I, I don't think I feel comfortable doing that because I just think Nashville played – has played great, and you know, um, where they, I don't think people thought they were a tired team coming in. I think a lot of Penguins fans thought they were going to roll through Nashville um, and win back-to-back cups. So, what's changed in a week? Have they suddenly got tired in a week? I don't know, maybe, but um, I would prefer to give credit to Nashville because I just, I just think they're they're playing great hockey right now. Yeah, I think you know a lot of people are hopeful that the extra day off between games four and five and five and six. Uh, and six and seven should have come to that may be uh, of, of benefit to them. It's been a home ice series, Rob. Uh, the Penguins, as you said, have not been as imp- let's put it this way: the Penguins have not been as impressive in their two home wins as Nashville uh, has been as they're not, not as convincing uh, anyway. And one of the lingering questions, you know, we talked about uh, Pecorine getting back in his game. It looks like he has, but he still has not yet proven that he can play extremely well here in Pittsburgh, on Pittsburgh ice. I mean, is that one of the things that you're looking at? Because until you do it, you're going to get asked about it. Well, I think, you know, Stan, when you look at, um, when you look at that game four, um, you know, and you, and you say, okay, so Nashville's been more impressive. To me, that was the one game um, so far in this series that a goaltender has stolen one way or the other. I thought Rene took that game. That, that was his game. You know, it's if a few of those early chances, and the Penguins had a ton of quality chances, if a few of those get by Rene, you know, maybe that's a completely different game that the Penguins win, and we're talking about a 3-1 lead. So I thought the Penguins actually played a better game um, in game four, uh, but Rene took it. He stole it, and he's very capable of doing that. And again, that's another danger when you get into a short series. You know, just talk about danger from the perspective of the favorite. Matt Murray, very capable of stealing the game. Um, you know, he's very capable of coming out tomorrow night and facing 40 shots and making 39 saves and the Penguins win and uh, and they, they take the lead in the series. So, But I just thought that, that was the one game where in this series where you could clearly, to me, say Pecorino was the difference. Now, once Nashville got rolling, they and they've, they've done that a couple times. Um, you know, uh, capitalizing on the power play and, and getting a goal and getting some jump. They've looked impressive that way. Um, of course, the Penguins have as well uh, in game two. So um, I, I think I think to me that was the goaltending was the, was the big story, I thought, for me in game four. This pro- I don't think it's going to happen, and certainly Mike Sullivan is not going to address it. Uh, we won't know. Maybe till game time tomorrow night. Maybe, maybe after the skate tomorrow morning, first goaltender to leave the ice, uh, would you be surprised, shocked, if he does go back 
to Mark Andre Fleury? I wouldn't be shocked, but I would be surprised. Um, you know, uh, I, I just think that Matt Murray's their guy, and I think that they think that Matt Murray's the guy that gives them the best chance to win. Uh, you can debate that till the cows come home, but but you know the question is not you know uh, what a fan believes or what an analyst believes. It's what I believe, what we believe the Penguins will do, and I believe Mike Sullivan will come back with Matt Murray. Um, he said after Game Four, he didn't think goaltending was the reason that they lost, um, and and I think you know by and large Matt Murray played well enough to win, uh, which is the Pekarene I thought was outstanding on the other end. So I would be surprised if if uh, Matt Murray was not in goal for Game 5. Okay. By the way, just an update here. Uh, both Nick Benino and Patrick Hornquist, Hornquist did not practice today. Sullivan Man. asked about that. Uh, Hornquist, just a maintenance day, and Benino remains as he has been day-to-day. Um, so that that's the latest on that, and we already gave the lineup no word on any changes uh, on the blue line. The last thing about hockey here, Rob, uh, look, we've come to appreciate how physically tough this Penguins team is, maybe more importantly how mentally tough they are. They rise the occasion, not every time, but most of the time. Uh, but this is a different team, a different year, a different opponent. Uh, how much do we rely on their pedigree, uh, on the evidence skill, but also their pedigree as being a tough-minded team to sort of get them out of this, if you want to call being tied 2-2, a hole? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Two-two uh, um, holding serve on home ice, and, and it's hard not to consider a little bit of a hold just because of the way momentum swings in these series. Um, look, uh, Nashville has played a, a pretty physical game. They got a lot of young guys with young legs. You and I were talking about this around the office yesterday. Um, <laughs> they, they're um, they're flying out there and they're hitting and they're and they're playing hard, um, but. You know, the Penguins, uh, you know, Mike Sullivan always says, just play. And I think that they, they, that's borne out, that when they just play, they're, you know, I, I think the best team in the league. Uh, so if they continue to just play, now they just got to win two out of three. And it doesn't matter how you get there. It doesn't matter if the young legs from Nashville are making the Penguins look tired. It doesn't matter if the Penguins are tired. It doesn't matter if somebody plays brilliantly or who scores the winning goal. At this point of the year, um, it's just survival and digging in and finding a way to, to, to win two out of three. And that mental toughness, who knows, Dan? Look, we talk about the young legs of Nashville. Maybe the mental toughness of the Penguins, the been there, done that, confidence that you can do it, will be the edge they need to get them through to the, to the Stanley Cup championship. Now, the experience, um, one last thing I had Mike Sullivan saying this morning, quote, I've been around a lot of teams as a player and a coach. This team has a unique chemistry. They're a great group of people. They enjoy one another and play hard for one another. And in no other sport, uh, I think it's as important as it is uh, in hockey or or seems to be such an important element. Uh, Before we let you go, I want to talk about last night's game. Um, the, The alarm over Tony Watson is not premature. I mean, he didn't do a great job last year when Melanson left. He certainly has not done one this year. The long balls again last night. I mean, at this point, does Clint Hurdle have a choice then to flip their roles, making Watson a setup guy, although if he doesn't pitch well there, he's going to hurt you anyway, but Rivero's been unhittable. Does he have to make that move now? I almost think it has to be, and we'll see. I mean, um, but the two guys that are pitching the best right now are Nicasio and Rivero. 
those are the two guys pitching the best. You know, it's funny, Stan, um, of all the things that have gone wrong in the offense, you know, you look down at the offense, and without Martin Gong, guys aren't that far off from where their career numbers are. Of course, Andrew McCutcheon is, but, um, you know, that's rounding into shape a little bit. The starting pitching, I think, has been decent. Um, that bullpen's been a disappointment. And, you know, I thought it was going to be four strong. I think it, I thought, you know, with Hudson, Watson, Rivero, and Nicasio, um, it was going to be, you know, shortening games. Hey, if you're tied 4-4 um, in the sixth, who, who else can bring in a guy like Nicasio to get it to Hudson, to get it to Rivero, to get it to Watson? Well, it hasn't played out that way. I think the two guys that are pitching best, uh, maybe Nicasio and Rivero, have earned the opportunity to be eighth and ninth inning, and, and you're mixing and mo- matching with Watson and Hudson. And look, Dan, that doesn't necessarily mean those things have to be permanent moves, um, but uh, they, they've got to find a way. Look, they're, they're kind of staying in the, the periphery of the race, but they've got to start winning six out of eight or eight out of ten or seven in a row. They, you know, or Otherwise, they're going to get buried. And so I think moves like this are, are going to have to be examined really, really closely because um, it's, it's time for this team to start winning some games. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, they're not going to be in a position you know, terribly often to, to, to take leads. Uh, two run leads they add on in the top of the ninth. Uh, they can't afford. No team can afford to lose and those those losses. They stick with you. But I'm wondering a couple things. Number one, um, of course, if Watson continues to pitch badly, then that affects Nicasio and or Rivero once they get to him. If he you know if he gives right. up runs. The second sure. thing is is that look you know Watson's going to go. Um, and if you if you demote him, and I wonder if this is part of the thinking, if you demote him, then all of a sudden his market value, already injured by his performance, becomes even less on the trade market. No question. But I, I think it's already been damaged. Um, and so, you know, I mean, if he comes out and he's lights out uh, all year long, like we've seen him be at times in the past, I mean, he, you know, there was a stretch there for two years, Dan, where he was as good as any reliever in baseball. He was completely dominant. Um, that guy fetched a lot in the trade market, but you know it's 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 interesting, Stan. You know when you're when you're a a small to mid market team, you're constantly trying to balance when do you call guys up, um, when do you maneuver guys around, when do you worry about a, a you know somebody's trade value being deflated all the time, still keeping in mind that you have to win tonight's game. Tonight's game's important. You're you're a team that made the playoffs three straight years. Um, despite the finish last year, was in contention to late August, even arguably into early September, um, and and feels like they can be a playoff team again this year if they can hang on until Marte comes back and maybe gone. So you have to, I think those things are all important, but the most important thing, I think, for the Pirates, and and the, the, the management and everything has put them in this place, and this is a good place to be, were the most important games, the one tonight at the Major League. It wasn't always that way. You know, several years ago, Stan, the most important game tonight would have been the one Tyon's pitching in Indianapolis. Hey, when's he going to get back? But that's not the case, or how's Austin Meadows doing? That's not the case. The case is that tonight's game is important, um, and, and that's a good spot to be in, but it means some of those other stuff, those other factors, I think, have to fall by the wayside, and you have to do what's best to win tonight's game. And we haven't even mentioned the potential injury to Yvonne Nova, which would be devastating if that. Yeah. we haven't gotten any update. We'll have it for you. On the Pirates pregame tonight at 6.30, I'll be on hand uh, with Kent Ticulli. I think Jonathan Mayo is going to join us talking about the draft. And uh, Rob King is going to be calling the play-by-play on the game tomorrow night when the Pirates host the Florida Marlins. So 
Uh, get back to your preparatory work. Thank you, Stanley. See All you right. later today. I'll see you later. There he goes. Yeah, Rob King's going to be doing play-by-play on Root Sports tomorrow when the Pirates open up that uh, four-game series at home against the Marlins. So what are your thoughts on your level of confidence in the Penguins? Trivia question. It involves Major League Baseball. The great Bob Grove joins us today at 1 o'clock. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin today at 1.30 on Saverin on Sports. The Penguins are all in. Shot by Martin, set up by Kessel, and he shoots and scores from the right wing circle. One goal to win the Stanley Cup. It's the 2017 Road to the Cup. You'll hear every minute of it live right here on Pittsburgh's home of the Pens. ESPN Pittsburgh at 970 AM and now at 106.3 FM. But a big sports all over your Ivy League suit. <laughs> sports all over your suit. <laughs> Saverin on sports. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Like you, I'm a little bit tired of hearing about the crowd at Nashville. Good for them. I mean, I think it's great. Anytime a non-quote traditional hockey city does well and responds, I think that's great. And it's clear they're dedicated. I think that's great. There are probably some bandwagon jumpers or Conestoga wagon jumpers, if you will. But that's fine. There's always bandwagon jumpers. And I have no doubt that they're dedicated. And, you know, like any city, there's some people with some some means. We reported to you about what ticket prices were going for. I checked it out on, on StubHub. Somebody told me that a single ticket for Game 6 down there was 1300 I would think it would be even more than that. It might be going for that. Uh, around here but this came through somebody didn't say who just paid these are four tickets right along the glass at Bridgestone Arena down there paid $31,845 for four tickets now who comes up with that price I don't know if it was a bidding thing or 31 nearly $32,000 nearly eight grand a ticket I will say this. It'd be nice if the Penguins won a cup at home, but at this point, it'd be just nice to win the cup. But I have to admit, there would be something about winning the cup down there just to pierce that balloon that all you have to do is be loud and bingo, your team wins. Sherry tweets, at Stan Love the Show. She says, I think Rene reverts back when he comes back to PPG Paints Arena. He had no choice but to rise up at home. The crowd should start chants of Rene at warm-ups like Quado. I'm not a big fan of that, as I told you that. They were doing it with Murray. It was kind of funny, but I don't know. Not me. Anyway, Dave says, bottom line, the Penguins will find a way in two home games. Intangible, but I think defending their title helps them and a couple extra rest days. I do think the intangible of having won a championship is a factor. 
Time now for the trivia question. First correct caller wins a $25 gift certificate to the Carlton Restaurant in downtown Pittsburgh. Purveyors of fine meat and fish, one of my absolute favorites. As you know, Scooter Jeanette, whose real first name, by the way, is Ryan. Didn't know that. I looked it up. Scooter Jeanette, four home runs last night. So the trivia question is, who was the last major leaguer to hit four home runs in a game before Scooter Jeanette did it last night? Who was the last major leaguer to hit four homers in a game before Jeanette did it last night? 412-922-2874, pound 970. First correct caller wins the gift certificate. Bob Grove joins me next on Savern on Sports. We are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.